This is the Anderson Business Advisors Podcast, the show for real estate investors, stock traders, and business owners. We help you keep more of what you earn and protect what you've built. Let's get started. Hey guys, this is Toby Mathis with the Anderson Business Advisors Podcast, and today I have David Richter. And this is going to be kind of a fun one because from my standpoint, being an attorney, a real estate attorney, I deal with folks that are looking for somebody like David so often and don't even realize what their actual need is. And so we're going to be talking about that today. So first off, welcome, David. Uh, thanks for having me, Toby. It's an honor to be here. Yeah. And if you could just give us like uh, a one minute sketch of who you are, what you do, and uh, yeah, and, uh, and I'll explain why we're talking. So my background is as a real estate investor. Uh, about 10 years ago, got into the world of real estate investing through Rich Dad, Poor Dad. W had many different businesses that I was a part of. One of them, we grew from about five deals a month, to about 25 deals a month. And as much was coming in, we were spending about 26 worth of deals out the door. So that doesn't work. So then we had to like restructure that. That was like the, my introduction to, okay, doesn't matter how much you make. You got to actually focus on what you're keeping as well. And that mm -hmm. through a series of events, moved across the country worked with another investor, helped him get his finances in order because now I had that skill from the previous you know businesses I was a part of. And then from there, just saw that this was an epidemic. Lots of people making it, don't know where it's going. So started a fractional CFO company, Simple CFO, that helps a lot of real estate investors and now other business owners help know what they're making, spending, and keeping. And then I'm also the author of Profit First for Real Estate Investing. Fantastic. So you just hit a lot of information there. So let me start to break it down. Yeah. Let's and do what it. I wanted to do is really focus in like, I, I'm easy. So I always look at it and say, hey, there's, there's, there's three reasons people need something and they don't realize it. In this particular case, basically a rental CFO. And I see this over and over again with clients. They'll, they'll call you up and they're asking a million questions. And I'm going, I, and I, and I can see that it's going to be today's questions, but they really need, they're going to have next week's and the following weeks. And they're asking the type of questions where I'm like, you really need a wingman on this. And in the case of tax and finances and operating in a business like manner really does come down to being a CFO, which is a chief financial officer, somebody who's yeah. responsible for these things. And that's where you come into play. So you got into this space. It sounds like because you saw a lot of the same things. So what do you do for people? And then we should knock out, and let's see if we can't do three, the three top reasons that real estate investors need somebody like you and your organization and don't realize it. So I'll tackle the first question. So what do we actually do? So what we do is we help lay the foundation of like financial, just finances 101 for a lot of the business owners that we come in and help is number one, we help them make sure they have a good bookkeeping system and process in place. So if you're not using Anderson or if you're using someone else or whatever, it's like, okay, use the right person and have the right team members, but also the right system. So you're getting the P&L balance sheet, cash flow statement on a monthly basis. Like, can we at least get that <laughs> in place? Then we implement the profit first system, which is a cash flow system telling every dollar where to go in your business. Then from there, we all put it in all the data into a CFO dashboard. So that's how the CFO and the owner meet together as CFO and CEO to go over where has our money gone? 
Where is it now? Where do we want it to go? Projecting a lot of the, like you said, Toby, a lot of the questions that they want to usually force a bookkeeper or CPA to answer. And it's like, well, no, they're there to do a specific role. And it's like, they can't answer the million questions that you might have. It's more of like, here's the things that need to happen on the business side. That's where we set up the dashboard to give people a very clear view of like all the numbers that they're going to need at their fingertips. So that's the service that we provide is having that high level person as a part of their team. Then as far as the, like the, I can go into that deeper, but as far, I'll let me tackle the second question. The three reasons why someone would even need a CFO. And I would say that one of the biggest reasons comes from, I think, one of the biggest mistakes that real estate investors and business owners make. And they just don't know what they need from their business. You know, like that's a, a number one big thing. They just don't have a goal of like, what should we actually be taking home? And that's where a lot of people get caught up in the like, they're bu- they've built their whole business on the hope and pray plan. Like, I hope I make enough and I pray there's some left over at the end of the day. And it's like just going around and especially with a lot of the real estate investors that you and I know and that we work with, like a lot of them, they jump from, you know, the W2 world into real estate investing and thinking that's going to be the ticket to get out of the rat race. And they've Mm -hmm. built themselves a bigger wheel and an inside of a bigger rat race. And it's like, that's one of the first things we do is like, why are you having, why do you have this business and what do you need? Because then another thing that people get caught up in is the comparison syndrome, especially if they're on social media, especially if they listen to podcasts or they go to events or part of a mastermind like, ooh, they're doing seven figures a month or seven figures a year or whatever. Like I should be doing that. And then they're dissatisfied with their business. Just like a guy who I talked to just a few weeks ago, he like had his best year ever, did 500K in like gross profit and 300K net, but was sad because he was in this other, you know, mastermind where a lot of people were doing seven figures and he's like, oh, I should be there. I'm like, how old are you? He's like 25. I'm like, what did you do the year before? A hundred K. I'm like, do you realize what you, what you have right now and where you're able to go over the next 10 years, like with a good solid foundation like that? So it's just a lot of people don't understand where they are and like, what do they need from their business? So getting very clear on that, we have a whole framework of make, spend, keep of like making sure people know those basic numbers in their business. What are they making? Where are they spending it? Is it in the right places? And are they keeping enough of it from the business? And that's one uh, way we dig down deep as and why you need a CFO to pull out what do we need from our business and are all of our decisions made to reflect that goal? Like, okay, you just said you wanted to do five more flips a month. Is that going to take you away from your family, which told you that you told us at the beginning here was like your big reason? Like, uh, you know, it's so just making sure that the financial decisions match up with where they want to go. That'd be number one. Number two, I would say why you need a CFO is like a lot of people just don't know what to do with the cash once it hits their account. <laughs> they're very good. There's so many, Toby, and you probably see this in, out in the marketplace too. Like, there's so many people that are very good at telling how to get a deal in the door or how to make money in real estate or in as a business owner, as an entrepreneur. But then once that deal closes and they get that check and they post it on Facebook, that's when it stops. <laughs> you know, like that's when the education stops. And that's where, where we pick up is like, you have the money now. What do you do with it? 
Like, let's talk about that. How are we going to spread out that $50,000 check that you just made from that flip or from the sale of whatever? Like, that's where we want to make sure you know where every dollar is going. That's why I even wrote Profit First for real estate investing, because even if you can't work with a CFO, can you get at least the basic foundation of where should every dollar go? So it's almost like a little CFO in your pocket, you know, to make sure that you know that here's a good foundation. Do you mean so, I can't just spend it all, David? Right, exactly. So, man, I was just on a call, literally on a call right before this podcast where the guy was like, I'm addicted to spending the dollars that come in my bank account. Like, I don't want, I want them to come in and then I want them to go out as fast as possible. But uh, thankfully, this guy too had some reserves. Like, so he, so I'm like, okay, you do spend it. But like you also have built enough discipline where you actually have cash in the bank too. Because sometimes I have that conversation, they're like, yes, I'm addicted to spending and it's all gone. Like they're, they're running the red line and if one deal goes sideways, you know, look out there, you know, they have to borrow money just to stay in business. What about the client that learns the hard way that just because they spent it doesn't mean that they don't owe taxes on it? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. But that's why, oh man. Now we're going to go a little deeper here because Profit First, one of the systems and part of that system is setting up literally bank accounts, just like the envelope method, if you've heard Mm -hmm. of that. And one of the envelopes that you set up is an owner's tax account, making sure from each deal that closes, you have the money there for taxes. So that way you don't have to worry at tax time. Like, hey, even though you might have spent every other dollar, if you have the tax account there, you can at least still not have to worry about, oh, shoot, we got to go on extension. I got to go on a payment plan. How long until I catch up the taxes? It's like, that's where a lot of people have that stress. And that's where, honestly, having just a game plan like that usually covers the CFO cost. It's like making sure that we have a game plan for the dollars. And then if I don't have to worry about the taxes at tax time, okay, I'm good to go. So that would be number two is having a system for the cash and being able to cash flow project as well too. Like where have I been cash wise? Where am I now? And like, where do I want to be? Like, how much do I want to go towards profit? How much do I want to go towards paying myself? How much do I want to put towards the taxes and to grow the business and to invest in all the different things that people want from their business? So that would be number two is knowing where every dollar is going and then to free up for whatever they really want to, they started their business for. And then number the. And the third one, <laughs> why work with someone? It's like, here's the difference between reading the book and working with a person is the accountability. Like you read the book and you say, wow, this is a great concept. This is a great thing. But then no one's driving you to actually take the action and to say, hey, why didn't you set up the accounts? Or like, here, we've got to go over these numbers so you can make a decision that could ultimately bring you a lot more money in the, in the door. So it's like being able to have someone there that gets you in rhythms with your money too. A lot of people think, and are afraid of the financial aspect of their business because they think that it's going to be such a time waste or a time suck or like, I don't like it. That's not my background. I'm the sales marketing person. Like, I just like acquisitions, you know, like I like that type of stuff. But then they don't realize that what the financial aspect can unlock for them. And if they have systems in place, how little they have to think about the money. They think by thinking about it and talking about that they're going to be consumed by it and they don't have to be. It's like we have to get these systems in place so that way on a regular basis, I teach, we teach people with what we do and like those clients that we work with on a weekly basis, like transfer your money. Like if money comes in, making sure it's going to the proper accounts and giving every dollar that name. So like let's get in that rhythm every month at least on a monthly basis reviewing the money. Where did it go? Where is it now? Where are we going with it? What decisions do we need to make? Quarterly basis, this is why I love Profit First too, is like we help people actually take profit out of their business and use it for why they started their business. 
we actually set up a profit account with people and say, this is like your why account. Think, tell me, why did you start your business? Oh, to spend more time with family. Well, then use it towards that. Like one of the clients last year bought an RV with like some of the profit money from his business and took like a three week road trip with his family that literally bought what his idea of financial freedom was. So like on a quarterly basis, we're trying to get people in the habit of not only building profit in their business, but then using it for what they wanted to, whether that's family time or giving. So we've got a lot of people that set up like a giving account, give to causes, things like that. It's like, that's what I, I love stuff like that. And then it's also, okay, you want to, do you want to pay down your portfolio, you know, like and have less debt on your, because that's what you want for your life and your business. It's like, use it towards that. It's, that's where just helping people on a quarterly basis do those, get into that rhythm of actually taking the profit. So we help them build rhythms weekly, monthly, quarterly, where's the money going? making sure they know what's going on inside of their business. And that's making sure, and that's that accountability piece, which you don't get from a book or from, you know, like just listening to a podcast. So that's, those are three major reasons for a lot of the people that like, why hire a CFO or why have someone? And a lot of people, if you're listening to this, like CFO, what the heck is that? First of all, let's just, if you don't know what CFO is, chief financial officer, and if you're thinking like, oh my gosh, like I just hear about people like CFO on the news, usually they're attached to some huge corporation. That's why we're talking about a part-time CFO here. Like a fractional CFO is a like a Toby you mentioned, you're renting the CFO's time. It's not nowhere near the two hundred thousand dollars a year that a CFO might command at a, at a job out in the marketplace or you know, even north of that. So it's like it's cost effective, but then also it comes to we come to where you are. Because if you're a business owner and you're doing 10 deals a year or 50 deals a year, it's like, okay, you you are not ready for a full-time CFO, but you need someone there as you're growing and scaling. So that way, if you're making 500,000 now, you're not making the same mistakes, but with another zero at 5 million. So it's like, what are we doing now to make sure that we have the money where it's going and where we want to head to? Because a lot of people ask, how big do I need to be to work with you? $200,000 in gross profit usually or doing five to 10 deals a year. Like if you're starting there and growing, that's where we like start with people. Because if you're smaller than that, that's great. Get the book, get profit first. Like I said, get the CFO in your pocket. Like get the profit first for real estate investing or if you're outside of real estate, get profit first by Mike McCow. It's like get something like that. So that way, if you're using Anderson and you're using a service like that, then it's like, okay, they're helping me know where my money's going or like getting it all in order. What do I need to do with it? to be a, the business owner and like to be as effective as possible with it, to pay as little taxes as possible, but then also to make sure I know what, that I'm going to have the tax money at tax time. So there's just a couple things as well too of like the three reasons why someone might need a CFO and then like some of the things of like a CFO, never even heard of that. Like, why would I need to do this? So there's a couple of those. I've got a, lots of stories of people that have gone through the process, but those are just some of the main points. Well, I appreciate that. And, and, and if I heard you correctly, cause I've, I've read profit first, uh, at least a good chunk of it. I don't know. Yeah. It's one of those things where you, you start reading it and then you start implementing and start reading it, start implementing. But it, it but it, let me, let me see if I'm going to be in the ballpark because profit first means, yeah, actually cutting out your profit and putting it into a separate account. We do this. We're a, we're a mid-sized company, about 500 plus employees. And we, and we will know what our financial position is on a daily basis by figuring out what our bills are and what our estimated costs are and how much we're going to be paying out in profit and everything else, we assign that because it's not going to tell it that that will not be the information that's on your, your P&L. Right. Huh. And so, so what you guys are doing is actually setting up separate bank accounts. So you're taking it a step further because we'll have one operating account. Uh, you know, we have multiple banks just because 
banks do fail, so we never want to leave ourselves exposed and right. we have some custodial yeah. accounts. But but you you sit there and you're like, okay, this is where this money's going. It's already allocated. It's in there, but it's already spent. So it may be your tax, it may be your profit, it may be your credit card, it may be special projects, it may be next deal, but you guys are setting up actual accounts and actually redirecting the money? Exactly, because let's just be honest, most entrepreneurs, especially if they are in the beginning stages to probably mid-stage, like from anywhere from like 100,000 to a million, two, three, some of them might still be giving receipts to their CPA. I've seen yes. that at the million dollar level even. And so it's like, okay, if they're not even going to get a bookkeeper or someone in place, which because they might be, it might be a daunting task. Let's be honest too. We don't mm-hmm. get trained on the financial side. Like we do the marketing and sales side. So it's like, it's boring out there from a lot of people. Like if you, you know, like, or whatever, like the excuses that a lot of people give, which I, I wholeheartedly agree with a lot of them. And it's like, okay, they don't have anything in place. Well, then can we, you're going to manage the money that flows through your fingers. Like you're going to have money flow through. You're going to have the deals closed. Mm-hmm. You're going to have the properties closed. You're going to have, you know, expenses go out the door. At least know where it's going. So that's why we set up that system and set up bank accounts. Because one of the big mistakes a lot of investors make is having one big bank account where all the money goes in, all the money goes out. They have no system like a QuickBooks or a financial person on the team to tell them what all that money is. So then they're flying by the seat of the pants, making every decision buy one big bank balance or one small bank balance. Because if it's big, yes, we can spend the money. If it's small, oh boy, I better close those deals and then I can spend the money. You know, it's like that's where how they're making every financial decision. And what we want to do is help them have clarity. That clarity that no matter what, if you have the books or if you have whatever, at least we can know where the money's going. Then we can add the books in so that way you can feel like that business owner and know because the like, oh man, that was so great because you said that the P&L is way different than the money in your account. Cash is way different than a P&L statement. The P&L will help you know if you're a healthy company. The cash will also help you know, like, are, do we have enough to do what we need to do and what the business wants to provide for us and like to, for the new initiatives or for the taxes that come up? It's different types of questions that you need to ask yourself. So that's why profit first, the practical side, because the, the mindset side is what we've heard a lot before in the past. It's like, Robert Kiyosaki saying, pay yourself first, or like mm-hmm. the richest man in Babylon, a lot of these books, a portion of all you have is yours to keep. You know, like we've been taught that lesson. Then profit first says, instead of sales minus expenses equals profit, meaning I make a sale, pay everyone else and their mom. And then hopefully I have some money at the end of the day. Profit first says the formula is sales minus profit equals expenses, meaning I make a sale. I take my profit off the table and then the expenses are to grow the business, but I'm making sure I'm healthy. And this is something you hit on because like entrepreneurs, most entrepreneurs have shiny toy disease. Oh yeah. Which means that if they have the money, they're going to go invest in it and they're going to chase after another idea. And quite often they're spending down their account. There's nothing left at the end of the end of the month or end of the year because they've taken what would have been profit and reinvested it into something else that seemed like a good idea because they had the ability to do it. Right. Right. And a lot of it is impulse buying. Yeah, It's almost like an addiction. They're going to try this. They're going to try that. They're going to try the other. We're all guilty of it. Yeah. Anybody that's been an entrepreneur knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. What a 100%. CFO is doing is sitting there with the mirror and the agreed upon metrics, right? And saying, actually, you know, the tax, we're estimating, you know, we're putting aside 20% for tax. So that, that money's already spent. The credit card is actually 
X. So that, that money spent, we have these renewals coming up and these anticipated expenses. And that's what we estimated that to be at. So this is what you really have. So there might be a hundred thousand dollars in the account, but it's really $10,000 in the account that is spendable. But if you didn't know that, you might just be inclined to go and say, well, I got a hundred thousand. I'll spend 30. Right. Exactly. Then you've shot yourself in the foot. (laughs) Yeah. We see that. so I want to get something specific, David. Yeah, for um, sure. The 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 dashboard that you guys use. Yeah, is that agreed upon KPIs or key perform key performance indicators? If you've never heard that, but are these agreed upon metrics that you guys are using, or is it something that is a standard that you guys use? We have built this specifically. Like we work with a lot of real estate investors, so a lot of it's built around that. But it's mm-hmm. a lot of around the profit first methodology. So like making sure that when money comes in, where does it go? Around the like making sure we can analyze the P&Ls, balance sheets, those types of things. We also, you know, analyzing personnel. Is this person actually producing a return? You know, like what is those types of things? We do a cash flow projection of like, okay, what projects do you have under, under management right now? And which ones, how much funding do you have? How much funding will you need in the next 30 days, 60 days, 90 days to complete all your projects? So making sure they're funded. It's those types of things that we track on there. So that way they know not just the KPIs of like, here's where we've made the money, spent it, kept it, like those the major KPIs on the financial side and knowing like what is our gross profit, what's our margin, what's all the different things that they need to know. But then also diving in of more of like the whole financial picture of here's where you can make the best decision with where the money needs to go for your business. So it's those types of things that we analyze inside of that dashboard. One of the things we go over first is just clarity. Like how much clarity do you have from the books that you're getting or from, mm. your, your, from do you know the cash that's sitting in your account right now? Like you were just saying, you got 100,000 there. Do you know how much you can spend of it? So it's like, that's one of the first things we go through on that dashboard. It's like, how clear are things in your business right now? And so you used a couple of metrics and you said, hey, if you're doing uh, $200,000 a year gross, I mean, if you're in real estate, that could be quick, you know? Yeah, so very is, quick. Is that, so is, is that a net off of the, the sale or could you just be flipping a property a year and you, and you still could use this? I would say that's more net off the sale. Because like one net of the first the clients we even took on, we still work with him, but like that first year, after we started working with him, he did five deals because the year before he went into his CPA's office and she said, like, looking at your books, I'd never get into real estate. And then she said this, the kicker was you lost 70000 last year. And he was very mm-hmm. typical of a lot of investors because that last year, tried scaling, did 80, 90, 100 hour weeks, went to three, four deals a month. Wife started working in the business, like going nuts. It was just absolutely painful. Then from there, you know, the next year, we said the first thing, like that first mistake that a lot of people make, that hope and pray plan, we sat down and said, what do you need to keep from your business? And then he figured out what he needed from his business. And he's like, I only need to do five deals a year. What the heck? Like, you know, it was just eye-opening to him. So that next year he did the five good deals a year. So exactly. So that's where it's like, you could be starting out, but it's just getting that clarity. And then that's kind of like the starting point with a lot of people and getting into it before you make the mistake 10 times over because right. if he knew that he was losing money on a deal which sometimes we hide from ourselves we know yeah. and we figure well I'm losing it but if I did 10 of these by economies of scale somehow right. I'm not losing volume. money right it's like I'll make it up in volume and they blow them they blow their foot off right I like how Keith Cunningham puts it in his books, if you've ever read any of his books, great business mm-hmm. author, he says, if you scale cancer, the tumor grows. 
Like it's like <laughs> you're just scaling it up and it just gets bigger and bigger. And you're like, oh, what the heck happened? Where a lot of people think that I think one of the root problems. No, I know one of the root problems is the mindset of income solves all problems. If I just close that next deal or if I close yep. the biggest deal ever, I will be financially secure. Then that day never comes because it's like that's not the answer. The answer is you need income, but then you need a process to keep it as well, too, and to be re- sustainable and repeatable and consistent. All right. So somebody's sitting out there listening and they realize, wait a second, we're doing more than that. We're making $500,000 a year and I feel this pressure. I never know what my tax bill is, even though I meet with my tax guys a couple times a year. You're never going to get there with, with an outside uh, uh, accountant who's doing your tax prep. Like I talk to people all the time and they're always saying, I just need someone to be kind of my coach. And I'm like, no, you need a CFO. Right. You need someone who's going to be the CFO of your family. Sometimes that's the person and like they're able to do, they have the skill sets and the discipline to do it. But uh, no, if you're trying to wear too many hats, it just becomes really difficult. So here you go. And this is the opportunity to hire somebody on a part-time basis, right? So, and it's not an employee, they're going to an organization. So your organization is, what is, what is the name of your organization? Simple CFO. So Simple CFO. So you go to Simple CFO. And you're going to say, like, minimum, how many hours a month are, are, are they committed for with the CFO? Well, we have two different plans. There's a bi-weekly meeting structure or a weekly meeting structure, 60 to 90 minutes. Those are usually the meeting types. The first three months, we're probably going to be meeting on a weekly basis no matter what, just because we need to learn your business. So we try to not take a lot of your time. That might be meeting with your bookkeepers, the CPAs, just making sure everything's in working in tandem. So that's kind of the the... Um, as far as the hourly stuff. So we're talking, once this gets going, 24 meetings, is that about 24 meetings a year, right around there? Uh, yes, once bi-weekly. it's up and running, it could be 24 meetings a year, bi-weekly meetings, yep. Yep, so just let that sink in. It's not that, it's not massive, it's just having accountability. And I just use this, I mean, a good friend of mine is a, a negotiator and he always talks about how people go into negotiations without coaches. And he's like, well, Hussein Bolt, you know, this, I think it was Hussein Bolt, the, the, the fastest guy in oh, the yeah. world. He goes, yep. he goes, he's the fastest guy in the world, but does he say, no, I'm so good at this, I don't need a coach. No, he has a coach. Right. CFO is your financial coach who's sitting there making you accountable and looking at it and making you better. And I'm just always shocked that I meet executives that don't have one. They'll, they'll go to their accountant once a year and dump a, uh, a whole bunch of information on it and hope that they can get some advice out of it. And then they go, you know, usually, like if it's me, I'm talking to people, and I'm like, well, we could have done this or this or this last year. And then, whoa, 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 you know, and they're like, My, nobody told me, nobody told me. I'm like, well, okay, we're going to, we need to we need to be forward thinking. And then they want me to be that person. And I'm like, that's not my role. My role is to make sure I'm an asset protection guy and a tax guy, but you really do need a player on your team, like a CFO. So if you're that person who's sitting out there and you know, you're in that situation, what's the methodology? Like, how do they find you? Yeah. How do they engage? How do how do you know if it's appropriate for that individual to even engage and do a part time CFO? Yeah, so uh, that's where I was saying, like, if you're doing at least two hundred thousand in gross profit, or at least I would say five fix and flips or uh, wholesale deals a year, and you're scaling up, like, you want to actually grow from there. You're not just like, okay, I'm I'm fine with this, and I have a W two job, and I'm not going to scale from there. That would be like the base of like having a conversation at least. Then from mm-hmm. as far as reaching out to us, we actually have a link with Anderson. It's simplecfo.com forward slash Anderson. And there I give you the full book. 
profit first for real estate investing. So like you can download that. I want you to have that, you know, like just the basic outline. So that way you don't have to be fined by the seat of your pants anymore. It also has the keep number form. So that way, if you do work with us, like you could come in and say, Hey, I know what I need to keep from my business, Mm -hmm. you know, like, so that way you can get a head start. Talk over that with your spouse or what, like make sure that you're on the same page of like, what do I need from the business? Then from there, you could schedule a call. The next page from there, once you get that info and just download it, then you just can schedule a call with our team. It's going to be no pressure because if we're not the right solution, we have good people as well, you know, like in our network to make sure that, hey, we might not be, it might not be the right time. But if it is, we'll go and talk about what we do and all that. But that's how you do it. SimpleCFO.com forward slash Anderson. Well, and we'll post that link to make it easy for people. And thank you for doing that. And thank you yeah, for giving for them sure. the book. At the end of the day, and I'm just going to preface this because I'm not going to ask you what it costs because cost to me is, is, is never the issue. The value is always the issue. You know, so if somebody can put an extra $30,000 a year in my pocket and it costs me five, whatever it is, yeah. is it worth it? Yes. Is If it costs me 10, is it worth it? Yes. You know, I'm always looking at kind of a multiple. Yeah. Right. Sure. So it, it, it's it's not what things cost. It's what the value, because, man, you could pay for somebody to cost you a ton of money. Right. You, you we've all done that and have that T-shirt, too. Anybody yeah. in real estate. Does. No kidding. You know, you take the lowest bid on all your contractors and you learn pretty quick that uh, it's not always what <laughs> the what lowest thought, bid is right? the highest bid. So. Yep, it ends up costing you the most sometimes. Yep. Right. You just want to get it done right. And then you're willing to pay. For somebody to do it right, so somebody reaches out, they talk to you, they and 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 you determine whether it, it's appropriate, and then you just do a deep dive. You said you were talking about weekly meetings there, right in the beginning. Yeah, and and then what does it look like over the the years? Like, is this something where somebody's scaling up their business and then they need more time or whatever? Is that something where they still talk to you guys, or are they on their own and they're going to have to go find their own CFO? Yeah, there's a couple different ways people have exited before. Number one is that they have actually scaled to <laughs> to be big enough for a full-time CFO. We've graduated some people out of our program into like, hey, you need now a 40-hour-a-week person sitting on your team because you've now reached this you know, threshold of that. And we've been talking with them of like, when is that threshold and how much money do you need to be making and like all that. Another reason as well too, it might be like, hey, you're you're into it. And you've been like, I've gotten everything that I need. I've got a, now a person on my staff who's more of like a controller slash they've taken over the dashboard. Like that's fine as well too. Like I want to get you up and running and then making sure that you're flying on your own. And if you need us long-term, great. If you don't, I don't lock anyone in for years at a time. It's just more of like, let's get the in- information. Let's get it locked in here. And then, hey, then whenever you need to be able to either graduate out of the system or, you know, like to a full-time CFO, or if we've done everything that weekend and you have someone on your team, that's usually when we hand it off to them. So there's a couple of different options there, but I just, we've done that several times now where people have gotten actually big enough to have their own full-time person on staff. Fantastic. So we're going to put the link and hopefully people can reach out to you if, if, if they see they're in that need. It's like your own family CFO. And if, you, if, you're, a, if you're the investor and you got your full-time job and you got your investment job, making sure that you're pointing the money so your money works for you and not the other way around, which is exactly where we want to be. We want to let our assets uh, give us the ability to enjoy life a little bit. It sounds like you help people do that. Thank you, David, for joining us. And again, I'll, I'll put your link in there and uh, hopefully some folks that are in uh, know that this is an appropriate need will reach out to you guys and, and get that. And if nothing else, if they just use the link, they're still going to get your book, right? Yep. They're getting the full book. There you go. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. 
Show notes for links to everything mentioned in this episode can be found on our website at andersonadvisors.com slash podcast. Be sure you subscribe to our podcast. And if you are already a subscriber, please provide us a review of what you thought of this episode. 